situations and tough circumstances and things that, that come up in our lives that we just don't always understand. We can surrender it all. We can lay it down for him, to him and trust and know that he is God and that he has our best interest. Last night uh, we, were, uh, we, were, we had a booth at, a, at uh, the First Baptist Church over in Bentonville last night. They had a, what was called Night of Hope uh, for our, our children's home. And while we're over there, um, you know, something was said last night uh, from, from one of the speakers. And, and if you had heard these speakers, I'm telling you, it's uh, talk about tr trial and trauma and, and all the stuff. Uh, and I won't, won't get into all that. But they were severe, life-altering, death, almost death experiences uh, in this couple's life very early on. And one thing that they said towards the end that, that I think I'll, I'll never forget, and I had to jot it down, it was this. Regardless how dark the situation, the truth is still the truth in the dark. The truth is still the truth. Whether it's in the dark or whether it's in the light, the truth is still the truth. And as we go through circumstances and life issues and, and do this journey with Jesus, the truth is still the truth. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Uh, our pastor is not playing hooky uh, this morning. Uh, pastor and Sister Jen are over at uh, Bella Vista uh, First Assembly this morning. And they're sharing the vision uh, of, of New Song Church. As you know, Bella Vista has, has been a driving force and, and, and partnership uh, from, the, from the beginning of New Song Church. And it's an opportunity for, for to uh, share our heart and where we're at today and how things are going and, and for uh, different opportunities for them to be involved. And, and, so, and Brother Nathan is, is with them as well, uh, taking care of the, uh, the table and, and all the information and everything out there. Uh, for that as well so uh, they're like I said they're not just playing hooky this morning and uh, so if if this is your first time here and and uh, don't come come back here here pastor come back. <laughs> uh, but uh, we love our pastors and we are so grateful uh, for what they mean to us and I want to say thank you to all our, our RV mappers that are here uh, if, if you are an RV mapper just raise raise your hand this morning hallelujah give them a hand this morning we are so excited that you all are here and so grateful and thankful that you all are partnering with us. And, uh, and I know we'll see you on the job site and, and, and be involved and, and helping. And, and I know that uh, uh, God continues to provide those that, that, that needs to be here. And, and uh, you all are a blessing to us, and we thank you very, very much. And, and hopefully we can bless you in the process uh, as well. We love you all so much, truly, truly, because we are uh, brothers and sisters and, and partakers in the journey, and, uh, and we look forward to getting to know you more and more, And because uh, we're going to be with you in eternity, and so whether you're traveling from here to there to someplace else, um, uh, you know, we're, we're all part of the family, and, and so we're excited, and thank you so much. And I know Pastor will be mentioning uh, more specifically about those who are here uh, in the coming, coming weeks when he's here. Uh, but I just wanted to acknowledge you and say thank you so very much uh, for, for coming in and, and being a part of our heart and being part of the vision for, for Centerton, Arkansas, and for the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, if you, if you, look, into, if you look into, the, uh, into, into Facebook, because you, you know everything on Facebook is true. You know that. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's very uh, sarcastically said. <laughs> Just want to clarify. But there's so many different things that are bombarding us uh, via that, via via TV of different uh, news channels and different things, uh, different things that are being said across this world. And and how many can say, you know, it it feels a little messed up. You know, maybe a lot, <laughs> maybe a lot messed up. But I'm thankful this morning that we can have peace and we can have joy in a messed up world. We can have peace. We can have joy. And not simply just be, but we can truly have joy on the journey. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situations that, that we might would be in, we can still have peace. And we can have joy. In this world of unrest, this world of sin, there is still peace for our, for our minds and for our lives. You know, I heard uh, years ago there was a, a man found himself on a train. He was sitting between two ladies, and it was during a time that there was a lot, it was a lot more train travel. And unfortunately for him, the two ladies were continually arguing back and forth about whether the window should be open or whether it should be shut. It's like, the, it's, it's like this morning. I start to head towards the air conditioner uh, thermostat, and my wife, don't touch it. It's going to be too cold if you touch it. There's a constant thing some are cold some are hot right some are in between while i can sit and, and sweat when it's 50 degrees outside somebody's freezing and my kids they'll say it's 70 it's 75 degrees dad but it's cold no it's not cold son <laughs> it's 75 degrees we're nowhere near cold but it's that, it's that type of argument that's going back and forth. And the lady farthest from the window argued and said she was going to die a heat stroke if it wasn't opened. And the other lady said she was certainly going to catch pneumonia and die if it didn't close. Stay closed. Then the ticket man came and, and arrived. The ladies begged him to come up with a solution for that. But he's like, I'll just take the ticket. That's, that's between you. And he kept going. But unfortunately, he just didn't have a solution. Finally, the guy sitting in the middle spoke up. And he said, let's do this. Because he's tired of it. They're back and forth and back and forth. First, let's open the window. That'll kill one of you. <laughs> then close it. That's going to kill the other one. Then we'll have peace. That's not a real story. The point is he just wants some peace. They were constantly arguing back and forth. But sometimes in the struggles of life, in the situations of life, we just like some peace. You know? Things get heavy. Sometimes we're, you know, sometimes we, we get so busy and, and things, and, and we're sometimes where me or Shelly go, I don't even remember. I started to say something, and I looked at her, and she's a beautiful woman. And I'm looking at her, and and I just went, but I can't remember what I was going to say. I said, well, I guess I've just got too much too much floating around up there. It's kind of like that guy 
named John who, who ran into his friend Bill and said, Hey, Bill, do you remember what a bad memory that I had? Do you remember what happened? Oh, yeah, I certainly do. Well, it's not bad anymore. It's not bad. I went to a seminar. And they taught me how to remember things. It was a great seminar, and now I have a wonderful, wonderful memory. And Bill answered, hey, man, that's awesome. What was the name of the seminar? Well, John said, well, let's see. Wait a minute. My wife went with me. I'll ask her. He turned to his wife, and he said, he just looked at her, and he turned back at, at Bill and said, hey, hey, Bill, what's the name of that flower? It's got a long stem. There's some thorns on it, and it's got a red red bloom. Do you mean a rose? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Rose, what, what was the name of that seminar that we attended? <laughs> Are you like John? You just can't remember anything because you've been too busy. You've been too worried about the day-to-day -day issues. Well, sometimes there are struggles in life, and even as Christians who, who trust and believe in Jesus Christ, we forget the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I want to bring some of that back to our remembrance today. Let's take a look at some, a, a few of the causes this morning. And we don't have to dwell on them very long. A few of the causes. Financial issues. Anybody ever had a financial issue? If your hand's not raised, it's everybody. At some point in life, at some point, everybody's had a financial issue. Whether it's a shortage. Most times it, people consider it a shortage. Usually people don't consider it a, a problem if, if there's an overage. But, but that in itself could be, depending on how you handle it, could be could be an issue for you as well, depending on how how uh, how you perceive money. Some people are just trying to work hard to keep up with the Joneses. The, the old saying says, "We just got to have the best of everything." Are we content with what we have? Philippians 4, 10 through 13 says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care of me have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. For I both know how to, to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we like to quote that, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we use that for a lot of different things and for a lot of different scenarios and situations. But here it tells us, that regardless of our circumstances, regardless if I've had breakfast this morning or not, I can still do all things. Whether I, I feel like my bank account is where it needs to be or not, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, it's a lot of times we, we find that you hear this a lot of times in, in our today's society where people feel entitled to things. 
people feel entitled. Well, I have to have, you know, the best of this, and I have to, you know, I'm 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 a day out of high school, but I I need I need this this car and this job, and I need this place to live, and I need this, you know, those kind of things. And I'm not talking about um, not teaching the importance of of, of working hard and being uh, being consistent and being being faithful to what God has placed in front of you. But a lot of times, it's easy for people to, to feel like, hey, I've just got to have. But we need to learn to be content and continue to work hard. Use the breath that's within us that God has given us to move forward. You know, he gives us skills. He gives us abilities. He gives us talents. I've heard it said this way, God gives us gifts, but talent's kind of what you make out of it. So you can you can let that just kind of sit dormant, or you can nurture that, you can train, you can uh, move forward and make a talent out of it because of what God's gift has, has given. Hebrews 13, 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and we found this to be true in our lives. And I'm not talking about that, uh, a, a mentality of, oh, you've got to live in the gutter to be a Christian. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I believe that, that God wants us to, to, to flourish. But let him do the, the, do the flourishing. Let him be the one that, that provides. Let us just be obedient. Let us just be faithful. And as he blesses, you can be a blessing to others. And he'll continue to bless, and you can continue to bless other people. Shell and I have found that. We've been in time periods of life before New Beginnings started, during the initial vision and mission stage with New Beginning Children's Homes. It was a time, about two years, we didn't have a salary one. It was a week to week. But not one time did God ever leave us hanging. Not one time did we ever not have a meal. Not one time did we ever have uh, a situation where uh, uh, our bills weren't met. And paid. now we need to use some wisdom, <laughs> you know, not, not spend facetiously and all that kind of stuff. But it's very important that we, we learn during that time. We, we just learn to be, be content with what God provided for us. And as we begin to be obedient and continue to take a step, and one day take another step and another day. As he began to provide for us and for the children's home, today it's a whole different situation. God is continuing to provide and take care of us this day, this time, regardless of the situation. Matthew six twenty five through 34 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Whatever you shall eat, whatever you shall drink, nor yet for your body. What shall you put on? Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today 
is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith will we be clothed? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. You know, I was reading that, and, and there's so many times that we, we get so busy, and we get, to, we get in circumstances, and as we're looking at these circumstances, they get real big in our, on our minds. And we go, how, how are we going to figure that out? How are we going to take care of this? How are we going to take care of that? But what, is, what, but what does the word say? It said, if you'll seek me first, then I will provide everything that you have need of, whether it's clothes, whether it's food, what, whatever it is. But we, but we try to get ahead. As human beings, we, we try to get ahead of that. We try to get it all figured out on the front side. But he says, no, no, no. Because on verse 33 there, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. And we found that to be true as we began to seek his kingdom and his mission and his vision for our lives and what it was to be for us. We put those other things behind us. And we were simply obedient to him. And that's not a pat on our back. Uh, it's by the grace of God we're standing where we are this day. But as you begin to seek, he's he just handling this. He's just handling all this other stuff for us. And I tell my staff today, I said, you know what? And, and my daily prayer is this. God, give us this day our daily bread. That's enough. Give us this day. And God really brought me back some time back to say, you know, when you had nothing but a vision and a mission that God said do such and such and you had nothing, what were you doing then? When you, now you got budgets and, and 30, 40 people and, and, and 45 kids on campus and you're placing kids in houses for foster care and, you're, and you're, you got a learning academy and you got all this stuff. And the budget is just a little bit different now than it was back back then. But he still said, what, what, what were you doing then? And it was every day saying, God, give me this day. And he can handle the bigger dollars just like he handled the smaller dollars. It's not a big deal to him. Seek first his kingdom. And as I've heard it say, keep the main thing the main thing. As long as you keep the main thing, the main thing, everything else, it's all good. So finances, a lot of times, are, are a worry in a messed up world. Health issues. The lady that spoke last night, um, her last name is Catherine Wolf, I believe is her name. And they're out of California, and her and her husband uh, spoke, and it was talking about a night of hope. And she basically had a what they called a brain stem uh, stroke, almost killed her. In fact, they said she's not going to make it through the night. Every, you know, it was it was some genetic thing from birth that didn't strike until she was, you know, late late twenties or or so. Six months prior, just had a baby, 
health, picture of health, and she just walks in and drops. And then within hours, they're saying she's done. It's not going to happen. They had to scrape out part of her brain and, and do all this other other stuff that was was, and they they had a the I guess one of the best neurosurgeons or what have you in the country at UCLA and 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 so they had this whole story, and she wakes up two months later. She thinks, hey, I just got done feeding my kid in the, in the house, but now you know she can't even function. This side of her body doesn't. I mean, she she got some movement, but there's you know little feeling, and there's no, you know, she's blind in one eye, deaf in one ear, everything on one side's, you know, all messed up, and and they've got this whole story about through these health issues, God's still God, and they come to some conclusions, and that was their saying that the truth is still the truth in the dark. Ten years later, 11 surgeries later, she had another baby. They're healthy. And what do they do now? They tell their story. They wrote a book. They tell their story. They just got done this summer doing a kids camp for disabled kids in Alabama, I think it was. And the hundreds of kids and different ones that are, and they're going back to those to those uh, clinics that they came from in California, and they're ministering to the to, to people that have had brain serious brain problems and different things, and and so health issues. First Peter says two twenty four. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live up or live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. And Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, of our peace, was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And I looked up chastisement. What did, what did that mean? And there was a couple different uh, uh, variations of what that was. But it talked about the beating that he took. For our peace. The beating. He was beat so we could be healed. He was. He was chastised for our healing. And in situations like this. We need to pray. And then we need to leave it in the nail scarred hands. Of Christ our Savior. We might have issues with fear. With situations, fear of what might happen. Do you run scared? Do you try to analyze every angle, every situation? Say, if this happens, okay, then I'm gonna do this. Okay, then I can manipulate this, and I can do that, and then I can, and then then that'll get me here. And if I do that, then I can go to here. And we've got to be very, very careful not to do that because there's times where He just says, "Be still, and know that I'm God." And as we begin to seek him in those times, he begins to bring those things together, those situations. And sometimes those situations, you know, I've been in situations before where I thought I had it all figured out. But the end result wasn't anything like what, and it was much, way better than what I could have thought it would have been at the end. I was in a situation one time, 
uh, when we were at uh, First Assembly in Huntsville, and our senior pastor there at that time, um, uh, Brad McMath, some of, some of you know him, um, and we were talking about a particular issue, and, and it was a financial need, and so forth and so on. And finally, we, me and him, we were trying to figure it out. We, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were analyzing that, that situation and looking at every angle. And then all of a sudden, about a week or two later, he comes back and says, Here, here's the deal. God just downloaded said, he just said, you're not going to figure it out, so just stop. Tr- stop trying to figure it out. Just be still. Let me. Fear. But 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And as we've talked about this morning, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. You ever been in a place in life you're looking for a little direction? I have. Do you continually wonder about what you're supposed to do in life? Do you have no inner peace because of that? What does the Bible says? It says in Psalms 37, 5, it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 3, 1 through 13 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding. In the sight of God and man, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways, and knowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. For the fear of the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And the presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Even as a father, the son in whom he delights, and happy is the man that finds wisdom and a man that gets understanding. You can have peace. You can have joy. You can have happiness in those times. Just very briefly, there was a, there was a moment in life. I was working for Walmart. I uh, worked there about nine years at the corporate office. And uh, we were traveling uh, part-time. Um, well, not yet. We weren't. We were, we were uh, just trying to figure out what was, was going on with life. I knew things were, were good, and, and Walmart treated me good. I treated them good. It was all, all well. But there was something stirring on the inside. And then all of a sudden, my, my supervisor came uh, to me and said, Hey, we have a management position in Tuscaloosa, Alabama that we would like for you to go and be a manager down there uh, in one of our check centers. And the, the office that I worked in was the manager in was one that we, we basically went after shoplifters and, and ex-associates for theft uh, in Walmart. So, so if you ever shoplifted in Walmart, 
Uh, you probably talk to somebody in our office, and basically there are civil laws that allow a retailer to recoup some expense for having to have security, basically is what, what it boils down to. And there are civil laws in each state that allow that. And it was kind of a call center kind of a, kind of a scenario. And, and, and your pastor actually worked for me there after he, let, he came back home from Springfield. And I hired him, and he was he was one of one of my guys on on our on our team as in our in our center, and so they came and and they came and and said, hey, we'd like you to go. Well, I I had I had no desire whatsoever to to move. Nothing personal, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Just family was here, home was here. This is where we are. Didn't really have any desire to to go move and and travel the country and and those not like wouldn't mind traveling but uh, but not but be able to come home at, at some point. So and I in my mind I didn't say this to her at that exact moment when they brought it up, but they said, but I, in my mind I was like, there's no way in the world I'm gonna uproot and move. Not gonna happen. Didn't even have to think. I didn't even think about it. It just boom. That was what I thought. But I took the information and went home, and we began to begin to talk about that, and and it really began to cause some some turmoil in my heart and in my life, because I'm like, well, yeah, but man, look, the money's good, and and it's a it's a promotion, and and all that kind of stuff. But then I, I'm gonna be pulled away from our family, and 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 Shelly would be as well, and and all that. And our kids are are too young, you know. Our two oldest were real, real young at that time, and and we're like, you know, we're just gonna be out there in the middle of nowhere, won't know anybody. Or, but as we begin to, to pray about that scenario, I, I come to a conclusion one day that was was basically this, and I can remember to this day. I was driving home. And a 1995 Ford F-150, it was brown, chocolate brown. It was a beautiful day, had my arm hanging out the window, but I was just kind of praying as I was driving down towards home. And I finally come to a conclusion that this was not my life. And it wasn't mine to, to direct. It wasn't mine to, to live for myself. And while I had no personal desire to, to go... I had to take a moment and say, God, are you trying to tell us something? Are you trying to tell me that I need to get out of myself and get out of my comfort zone and do something else? Is that, is that what you're saying? And I came to a resolve as I was driving in that truck on the way home. And I just said out loud, I said, all right, if that is what you want, then I, will, I, I submit. It was a matter of submission. And as, as it came out of my mouth, God, I submit my will and my life to you. Immediately, it became very clear on what I needed to do. Immediately, he, he gave understanding. Immediately, he gave peace. And it wasn't about moving to Tuscaloosa. It wasn't. It was about the first piece of a bigger puzzle. To move us forward into a ministry. We love to sing. We love to, you know, we were in our church, you know, we, we ministered in our church in, in the praise team and, and those kind of things. And immediately, it was just like, you need to start pursuing music. You need to start pursuing uh, a gospel music ministry. And I went home that night. And I'm not a writer. 
I don't, I don't, you know. But as I went home that night, I wrote the title song on what was to become our first CD project, titled Peace. And that verse, the, one of the verses says this, if you're searching for peace in this world, you'll not find. Houses and land, they'll not ease your mind. He's the prince of peace. He's a friend for all time. He's the peace you need every time. And I wrote the whole thing out. And that began a situation where I was able to go back and confidently and and, and very respectfully say, that's not that's not where I'm supposed to go. Not and then it began to spur about the next five years that we began to travel. And we were able to do a couple CD projects. We we did uh, uh, we traveled in about ten different states. Was able to minister in churches. Did two CD projects. Did a live video in Branson at the Americana Theater, and that was a little scary. Um, sang with the Booth Brothers. If anybody know the Booth Brothers, they sing with the Gaithers and stuff like that. We were able to do a, a live video project with them and some different things. And it's not a, a matter of the pat on the back. It ain't about that. It's just that God said, hey, here's what you, here's where you need to go. Well, what happened with that? Well, that basically turned into a, a situation where we were singing at a place called Studio City Cafe, and it was, uh, it was, a, it was a Christian talk show, TV show, but they had some music portion. It was in Branson, and we we did that. They asked us to come back for several months, and they, we weren't we were the musical guests on that. And there was there's this big pastor from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, that I'd never seen. He's an African American pa pastor. He was real tall. He was dressed to the kilt, and and he was the he was the uh, uh, visiting minister that was there on that at that show for that day. Well, after the show was over, after the recording was over, we were sitting there eating. And uh, eating a sandwich, and and while we were waiting for the host to to come and join us, we were eating, and and he goes, he looks at me, just comes up to me, he looks at me, and said, he said, do you preach? I said, well, not not in the way that you're you're saying. We you know we minister in the word, and we you know we testify, and we you know so we share the you know we share the word. He said, no no no, that's what I'm talking about. He said, do you preach? I said, well, not necessarily in the way that you're saying. He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I said, okay. And Shelly and my mom sitting there. He said, you're going to sing your way into preaching. I went, huh? <laughs> Not so sure about that. And I just probably had a very puzzled look on my face. And he said, well, I don't mean to scare you. But, but that's, I'm just telling you the truth. Well, it's quiet. And he goes back to what he's doing. And, and, and we get back in the truck, or we get back in the van, and it's, it's quiet, and I feel just a little bit of tension. <laughs> Not tension, there's a little more apprehension on my part. And Shelly looks at me and goes, you know, I always wanted to marry a preacher. And you know what? I said, say this. It wasn't a matter that that I didn't want to or I wasn't willing. It was just I didn't think that was part of my part of my set, you know, part of my thing. And And I didn't take it because he said it. But what that did do, it put me on a, a path to fast and to pray. Say, God, am I missing something? Because I'm not about to, to walk into that if that, you know, just because some guy told me. Because I, I believe in making sure. And so I, 
But what it did, it, it set me on a path. So, And because of the journey that God had already placed on us, I knew it was important to, to focus and seek him first. And then if he added that, then that's, that's great. Well, that turned into us being full-time staff at First Assembly in, uh, in Huntsville which turns into something else, which turns into something else, which turns into our family growing from four to eight in a day. And and then from that turning into New Beginning Children's Homes later on and, and to be able to be where we are today. And I can honestly say that regardless of what you're searching, he is the Prince of Peace. Regardless of how messed up the world is, regardless if your financial situation is great or if it's terrible, if your health situation is great or if it's terrible, or if, if you have decisions in life that you have to make, he is the Prince of Peace. And he can provide that joy every time. Joy. What does Joy Dictionary tell you? A feeling of great pleasure or happiness that comes from success or a sense of well-being. You know, and the, the devil has a very detailed agenda. Do you, can you agree? And, and he's pushing it through a variety of groups. You watch the news, there's a variety of groups that's pushing his agenda. But I believe that it's also very important that we have an agenda and that the local church needs to stand firm and unified in the face of opposition. Instead of falling apart, we need to come together. Instead of letting the enemy divide us, we need to stand as one. Instead of fighting each other, we need to remain united for a purpose for a purpose you know i heard an old story i, I was I was understood that this is true I, I it may be one of golf's immortal moments came when a scotsman demonstrated the new game to the president ulysses s grant carefully he placed the ball on the tee and he took a mighty swing the club hit the turf and scattered dirt everywhere, all over the president's beard and all around the surrounding area, while the ball just sat there on that tee. Again and again, the Scotsman swung and he swung and he swung and he missed, <laughs> continued to kick up dirt. And the president, he just stood there patiently through about six tries. And then he just quietly studied. He said, you know, there seems to be a fair amount of exercise in this game. But I fail to see the purpose of the ball. Here's the point. There's no joy in the game if you never connect with the ball and you go in the direction of the intended purpose. So if all we're doing is coming into church and we're doing a lot of swinging, but if we never connect to the purpose of why we're here, if we never connect to the will of God for us here in this place, then there's no joy in the game. We can be busy about the kingdom business tirelessly if you have purpose. Now, are there times for rest? Absolutely, and I believe in rest. So I'm not advocating an unbalanced lifestyle, okay? But just like golf, if we in our Christian lives and in our church life, we're just running around, getting a lot of exercise, but we're not really having any joy in what we're doing, maybe we ought to stop a minute, get focused, 
And then you, as a united effort, swing all of us together in unison and connect with that purpose. We can have joy in seeing God's will accomplished in our lives and in our community. Philippians 1, 27. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may, be, uh, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I believe that there is peace and there is joy in a person's life when there is unity in the relationships and the unity among the believers, and it contributes to joy. Philippians 2, 2, 2 through 4 says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one, of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each other esteem each other better than themselves. Let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Having reminded the believers of what the Christ was providing them in the first part of chapter 2, Paul says we make my joy complete by doing these following things that lead to unity. Be like-minded. Have an attitude of harmony. Have the same love. Love as you and I are loved by Christ. Be in one spirit and purpose, working together in one heart. Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. Don't have a me first attitude. Be happy for those that are, that are moving forward, that are excelling in their walk and in their journey. Push them on. Encourage them. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Be willing to associate yourself with the lowly. Give more honor to others than yourself. Look not only to your own interests, but to those of others. Be concerned about others. Be authentic. Be authentic. Authentic, authentic unity can be illustrated. If I had a bag of marbles in a bag that I was holding here in front of you, and then if I had some metal shavings that were dropped in a magnet, the marbles are only held together by, by a flimsy bag. But they're together. They are together. But they're still just kind of, they're kind of there. We're here in this building, New Song Church. But we can still be not exactly united just because we're in this coating, this bag. But as some metal shavings are dropped on a magnet. But they're strong. The substance force stimulated by the attracting power of the magnet draws those metal shavings very closely together. And the same is to be true of the church. We're, we're to be held together by, by no denominational label, no other situation, no, because we do it this way or we do something that way. We're not held together by that. But we're held together by Jesus Christ, this, this force 
this magnetic force, Jesus Christ in us and the unifying power of the Holy Spirit. So regardless of our surroundings, whether we're out in a parking lot somewhere, whether we're in the new church building, whether we're here, whether we're on the street ministering somewhere, we're to be held together with a magnifying force of the Holy Spirit. Following Christ's attitude and example produces ultimate joy. What did we say joy was? Joy was a feeling of great pleasure or happiness that comes from success or a sense of well-being, the dictionary says. I don't know about you, but it gives me great joy, happiness, and a sense of well-being to come together with other brothers and sisters in unity and see God's will fulfilled as he wants it. It, it was joyful for me when I walked out in the foyer this morning and seeing our brothers and sisters that come to group and to partner with us. I had joy on the inside because this is our family. This is, this is us. And we're brought together with a common goal and a common purpose to see the kingdom move forward. And I had joy that came up in my heart this morning. And also we can have great joy in the fact that although a person with many faults... Hello. Many failures. God is interested and he wants me as part of the team and he wants you as part of the team. Well, what is Christ's example? Being Christ-like means we are willing to relinquish our place. Christ did this for us, for our benefit. Thus, we should do the same. Being Christ-like means that we are willing to give up our privileges, so-called. We live in our world that everyone's concerned about their rights. Christ separated himself from his privileges and rights to benefit us. Being Christ-like means that we are willing to step down from our position. He became a servant. So should we. Being Christ-like means that we understand our purpose. What is your purpose? Mark 8, 34 tells us this. If anyone would come after me, he must. Deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Being Christ-like means that we are willing to rest in his promise of reward and future glory. He will lift you up in due time. We seem to continually struggle for status and material things now than to put our trust in a life sold out to Christ and realize that Christian life ends in victory and reward. Peter expressed... A key principle for Christians to live by says to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. In 1 Peter 2.21, do you and I really have joy on this journey that we call this Christian life? We can have it. You can have it. This is not my story, but I heard a story of a guy that owned a houseboat. And he was not a houseboat kind of guy, but he thought he, he would like to have one. And he got this big uh, big houseboat and had it set on this big lake. And was sitting in the sitting in the dock and and he didn't bother to check what the weather was, maybe. But then he started to hear the wind blow and sounded like maybe like last night, maybe a little storm decided to blow to blow in and and as he began to start checking the weather and those kind of things, he felt trapped at that point and kind of 
well, I've got to stay here on this boat. He's going to stay there that night. And, and as the wind began to blow, and as the storm began to come, he began to hear sounds of, sounds of uh, like a train. And he thought, wait a minute. There's no trains on this lake. <laughs> but he began to hear it roar and to get louder. And basically, it was a tornado came through and just caused havoc. And that boat was rocked from side to side, and it, it got dark, and he was flying from one end of the place to the other, sliding all over the place. And, and you know, and he was flying by one of the windows. He, the, you know, the, the lightning hit, and he kind of see, oh, that's neat. And he was flying down the side of the thing. But he was scared. He was worried. And then in time, things settled. And he began to, to look outside and see some of the destruction. But he was, he was safe. He was fine. And his, and his warped sense of humor, he said towards the end, he said, you know what? Because of the way that, trans, that transition, he said, you know, I would have enjoyed that a whole lot more. If I really thought I was going to live through it. And while that may be a touch silly, I'm going to say it one more time. I just want you to let it sit. I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more if I really thought I was going to live through it. Do we believe what we preach? Do we believe that we have a hope? That we have a joy in the Lord that is our strength? Do we really believe that when we lay our head to rest, that there's a glory and there's a presence of Jesus that is going to be so real and to be so full that anything we would have gone through, anything we would have done, really becomes of no big deal at that point in time. The things that we are worried about on a daily basis, I'm talking to myself. I'm bringing, you know, I don't know if I preach, I'm usually preaching to myself. Do we really believe what we preach and what we, we speak? Can we say to ourselves, you know, I'd have really enjoyed that. We get to our deathbed or to the end of our time and say, you know, maybe I'd have enjoyed that a little, a little bit more. But I thought I was going to make it. So I ask ourselves today, even through the ups and the downs, the goods and the bads, we must stay focused, church. We must stay united. We must stay focused on God's purpose. And trust in the Lord for our joy and for our peace in a messed up world. The joy of the Lord is our strength. This morning, let's stand and sing this. I surrender all. I submit my health. I surrender all. I submit my finances to you. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I surrender. 
I surrender. I submit my mind to you right now. I surrender all my will and my path in this life. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. This is our prayer. That I surrender all. It's our declaration, Father. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender humbly at His feet. I bow worldly pleasure, all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. And I surrender Blessed Savior, I surrender all. Lord, we're thankful that we can surrender everything to you, that we can trust you, that we have a hope, that we have a joy, that we have a joy unspeakable and full of glory, that we have a purpose in you, that we have a purpose to get outside of these four walls and to be Jesus to everyone that we come into contact, everyone that we come into contact with, to be your light. Unite us now, this day. Renew our hearts, renew our minds right now with your Holy Spirit. And we give you praise. And we give you honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, New Song Church, we're, again, we're grateful and thankful that you're here. And continue to be in prayer as the project uh, moves forward on Gamble. And uh, if you've got some time throughout the week, please make sure that, uh, that you show up. And I know that the, the, the mappers will be excited to, to see you partner and be with them and and as, as we move forward great great things are happening i know the trusses will be coming soon and uh, the roof will be going on and going up and and it uh, looks like the, the bulk of the wrap if not all the wrap i think is on is, is that a true statement all the greens on on the outside so we're excited about that and you know once that roof's on you know a lot starts happening uh so we're yeah <laughs> and it holds together you know uh, so uh, we're excited about that. So be be in prayer, and when you can uh, can step out uh, of your schedule and, and be able to help, uh, you are welcome to come, and we, we encourage you to come. And also don't forget Wednesday night we'll be back together here at 630. Uh, and uh, we love you. God bless you. And we'll see you again real, real soon. Amen.